emotions traditionally aren't allowed at work. Right. They aren't allowed at business. And that's actually, that's a dissonance because that actually is not even possible. And so when you can name that and be aware of that and be aware of, first of all, just the certain self-awareness that we have of our emotions and being able to name those things combined with okay, let's, we're looking behind each other's hoods in a business sense, you know, we're looking at finances, infrastructure, all of these things. And that's just a very potent conversation. And that is what I want to be building. I want to be building an organization where I'm not asking women to leave their emotions at the door, you know, because it's just not possible. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I am your host, Molly Stillman, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible entrepreneur, business leader, community activist, author, speaker, or just an awesome person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you the listener that no matter what you do, no matter where you are, you can make an impact. My guests, yes, that's a plural this week, are Jessica Honiger and Liz Bohannon. Jessica is the founder and co-CEO of Noonday Collection and the author of Imperfect Courage and host of the Going Scared podcast. And Liz Bohannon of Noonday Collection is the founder of Seiko Designs, and the newly named Chief Growth Officer of Noonday Collection. She's also the author of Beginner's Pluck and the host of the Plucking Up podcast. And you probably recognize Liz and Jess's name as they have both been on the podcast. And Liz has actually been on the podcast twice before this. But today's episode is a big deal because we are talking all about the merge heard around the fair trade world that happened this summer where Noonday Collection and Seiko Designs came together under the new global brand of Noonday Collection. This was such a fun conversation. I asked all the questions and could have asked 27 more. It was so much fun. I love these two. They are just such a joy in my life. And I am really grateful that I get to call them dear friends. And I know that you're going to love this conversation. So without further ado, on to my chat with Liz and Jess. Okay, this is a very exciting episode because I have two very dear friends uh, with me here on the show, Jessica Honiger and Liz Bohannon. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Molly. This is so fun. On every podcast, it's like, oh, hey, friends. But when we hopped on, it was really fun to be like, oh, hi, friends. Yeah, we're actually friends. And this is a fun reunion that uh, in, I guess it was March of 2019. I guess the episode would have probably aired in April. But the three of us were in Austin, Texas, keynoting at the Fair Trade Federation Conference. And we did a podcast together on Jessica's podcast. And we're at the Noonday headquarters. And so to like think about what our lives looked like in spring of 2019 versus the three of us sitting here now, Mm. a few things have changed. A few things, just a few, just a few. (laughs) And that was a big deal for me to do that podcast because at the time, Liz, her company was basically Noonday's competition. You know, I mean, we had a very similar business model. Our products were different, but as far as the business opportunity and asking people to join, it was 
very similar. And that was a very conscious, mindful decision of me when I heard she was going to be in town to say, okay, uh, if I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, I am going to invite, because I believe in collaboration over competition. So you got to be a part, Molly, yeah, of that like a, first that stake like in the fly ground. on the wall. <laughs> that is like, that was my stake in the ground. And now here we are working together. Yeah. We're no longer competing. We're actually building flir- a flourishing world together now, which yeah. is so epic. It's so fun. And Molly was in the room where it happened. It was. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. There's a part of me that wants to be like, Molly, did you notice any early signs of flirtation? (laughs) Did you see the chemistry? Did you see it coming, Molly? I always want to be the friend that's like, oh yeah, I definitely saw that before anybody else. Okay. I want to get into that because Yes. So, but before let's, I, we're going to put a pin in that because the answer to that question is actually yes. Um, but if here we are, we've already like, we've just gotten off the 25 foot diving board. We're just like, we're going into the deep end. But for people who are just tuning in for maybe the first time, they're like, who are these people? What do they do? Um, Everybody knows Molly. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. knows. And what's also really fun too is, I mean, I've had each of you on individually on the show before. Liz, actually, you're you're in a different category. This is your third time on the show. So you're a threefer. Uh, So Liz is entering like a a whole new. And it's funny because in the last like maybe month or two, I've had conversations um, and have had a couple people on for the second time. And I've, uh, the, the second person that I had on the second time, uh, was Mary Morantz and Mary and I were talking about, um, how I need to make like the, uh, like velvet jackets for the people okay, who have, yes. yeah. this is exactly what I was about to ask is what swag do I get? Yes. Come on. It's a velvet Come jacket, on. you know, like, like in the SNL five timers club, you need some velvet jackets for when you've been That's on right. the show multiple times. So that's where we are. That's right. Anyway, okay. So uh, for those that um, might not know you, for the like the four people that are like who, who they've been living under a rock. Jessica, I'm gonna have you go first. Give us the Jessica 201. So you're the you know just give us the update of of who you are, what you do, and then we'll have Liz go. Absolutely. So Jessica Honiger, founder and co CEO of a fully one-stop ethical shop called Noonday Collection. And we create opportunities for artisans living in some of the world's most vulnerable places. And we do that through a marketplace of women across America we call Noonday Collection Ambassadors. I am a mama of three and I have a book out called Imperfect Courage, a podcast called Going Scared. And you will find me eating queso and chips and a Joe margarita is my husband, a Joe, Joe Arita every Friday night in Austin, Texas. I love it. I um, have contemplated, I had to go to Texas with a friend earlier this summer and I have legitimately contemplated getting on a plane just to go eat Tex-Mex. I'm like, that seems like that would be an expensive decision, but I I don't know. I I support it. I support it a (laughs) hundred percent. Okay, Liz, it's your turn. Okay. Well, 2.0. 
I guess 2.0 is not. My name is Liz. My name is Liz Fork and Bohannon. I founded a socially conscious global fashion brand called Seiko Designs. We started over a decade ago in Uganda, really dreaming about using a sustainable marketplace model to create community and opportunity specifically for female scholars in developing economies with the belief that every girl should have the opportunity to learn and to lead. And I am now the chief growth officer at Noonday Collection, where we are growing our global artisan impact and our community of entrepreneurs here in the United States who are selling beautiful products that have even more beautiful stories. Like Jess, I also have a book out in the world called Beginner's Pluck. I also have a podcast (laughs) called Plucking Up. You know, you think you're a a real original character. (laughs) And then you meet and then you meet your literary, not foil, foil's kind of the opposite, whatever not the opposite would be. And you're like, oh, maybe I'm not that unique in the world. It's great. I love it. Um, and I am the mom of three little boys, six, four, and one. So very much so in the thick of the young motherhood stage. And I also love queso and margaritas. <laughs> I'm not original at all. Here you are. Go. But it's better to share your joy than to be unique in the world. Every it's true. Day. There are no special snowflakes. Is like, no, 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 no. She doesn't know me, but it's true. It's I know. True. We're all just slight variations, but I'll take it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I love queso. Um, I'm writing my first book, so that's very exciting. Uh, and I have a podcast. So, um, and I have it. a lot of farm animals. So I don't know if that maybe <laughs> makes me. That makes you unique. A little bit unique. <laughs> unique. Um, okay. So we've established who you are. We've established uh, that we all know each other. Uh, what we have not really delved into is if people don't know, if if they aren't aware, you guys made sp- a splash. Is that the phrase I can use is a splash, a, sh- a shock? I mean, I remember when I saw the news, I was like, do what? <laughs> um, you guys announced that uh, Seiko and Noonday would be merging this summer. Yeah. And that was People had feelings, all feelings, all of them, the good, yeah. bad, the ugly, the in-between. Yeah. Talk to you us about- You probably got more of an inside scoop because you're kind of still in the Seiko Fellows yeah. community. So yeah. you saw from the inside and from the outside. I saw from the inside and the outside. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, because uh-huh. I I mean, I was still a Seiko Fellow at the time. And so I was, uh-huh. you know, I was really getting the all of the news. And, but talk to us about what, brought you both Mm. to this decision. And then, like I said, we put a pin in the beginning of some things that I kind of have some stories to tell from the past that make this not that Mm. much of a shock. Do you tell, do Um, you tell. But I want us to get to what was the, the, the leading decision? How did these conversations begin about? Because I I mean, I know even still to this day, I've, I have a lot of questions. So (laughs) Uh, we're going to get the nitty gritty today. We're going to get the inquiring minds. Oh, inquiring minds want to know is. Well, it was definitely a shotgun wedding. Mm-hmm. So this was not in the works behind the scenes for some long brewing time. No. So let me just dispel that myth right there. Yeah. We really, you know, post COVID, we realized 100 million people have been pushed back into global poverty and over 20 million girls left the classroom, many of them never to return again. 
And I do think one of the positives of the pandemic as the world really got smaller because we all were battling the same crisis. And there is something about the world getting smaller, the need getting greater, that collaboration became really more important than ever. Right. And in a do-good company like Seiko and like Noonday, we could go further, faster if we were going to go together. So I called Liz back in, I think it was April, and... We were at a point where I didn't know where the conversation would go, but I knew that it was time for us to start talking about what it would look like for us to go together. Mm -hmm. And Liz got the text and Liz, I'll let you pick up the story from there. Yeah, I mean, I just definitely reiterate, you know, and, and Molly, I feel like you you have been privy to some of the enormous both odd opportunities that I feel like COVID presented itself and also the incredibly immense challenge, whether that is just supply chain issues and costs and the labor market so wild right now. There's all of these really, really big challenges. And meanwhile, the biggest challenges are what Jess was talking about, right? That it's our, our brothers and sisters in the global supply chain are worse off now than they have been in many decades. And specifically those in the global fashion supply chain, you know, with COVID, there's a lot of things that happened that were really, really detrimental to these folks. Yeah. Big box, huge suppliers that are, you know, canceling orders and they're on 90-day terms or 120-day terms, meaning like these folks aren't getting paid. Yeah. Um, so they've put out all of the labor, all of the work, all of the costs. Um, so there's just an enormous challenge. 30 million girls out of the classroom, no clear pathway back to them. Uganda and I, or Uganda and I, <laughs> Jess and I both have a heart and our companies really kind of their origin stories were in Uganda and Uganda had the longest shutdown for schools in the entire world. And so there are so many girls in Uganda that dropped out of school that will likely never return. And so I think both of us just being driven by when you care about something that much and when you feel so connected to your meta mission and your meta purpose, I find that the how you accomplish those things just becomes a little bit less important that you accomplish those things feels like the main goal. And so I think that we were both in a season of relative creativity and openness and curiosity about like, given all of the challenges our entire industry is facing, given the challenges the folks that we exist to serve are facing, like, let's do whatever it takes to level this up and to create more opportunity for girls globally. But as Jess kind of alluded to, my openness to this conversation was really, and I I love telling the story and I kind of hate telling the story because I feel like it makes me sound so woohoo that I'm like, oh yeah, I make massive life and business decisions based solely off of my dreams but that's kind of what happened here. I had a dream. So Jess and I, I reached out to Jess many years ago, uh, several years ago, and just kind of put it on the radar of like, hey, we're obviously each other's, you know, we say biggest competitors, which I feel like even that is kind of like, but we're all going for the same thing. The fact is we're asking women and inviting them into a pretty similar opportunity with differences for sure. But just, you know, this kind of like seed of like, what would it look like for us to go together and to collaborate? Do we both need to exist separately in the market completely? Or, you know, could we dream about some sort of collaboration? Collaboration was really where it landed for me. I definitely wasn't thinking what ended up happening. But the point being, I think Jess and I 
both just generally carry a spirit of collaboration with us of like, hey, I don't want to treat you like a competitor, similar to what Jess said about like inviting me on the podcast and like kind of bucking the normal rules that say like, hey, there's only so much pie and I'm going to get mine and it at whatever cost. And instead going like, oh, no, I want to look at Jess as someone who I'm like, yes, you're technically a competitor, but also I'm rooting for you. Like the world that Jessica Honiger wants to build is the world that I want to live in. Right. And carrying that spirit forward. So there was a level of just, I think, between us, a sense of kind of rooting for each other um, and a curiosity maybe about collaboration. But we probably hadn't talked in, I, I mean, my guess is like easily six months when she texted me. And the day before she sent me that text message, that night I had a dream that I saw Jess at a conference and I walked up to Jess and exact words were, hey, I think it's time we go together. And I was so, my dreams are usually like very trippy and woohoo and like require some level of interpretation. And this one was just like, like that just was like very blatant. So much so I woke up, I told my husband, Ben, I told my business partner and co-CEO at the time, which I think he was kind of like, why are you telling me this? And I was like, I just, I just came into my brain and I thought about sharing it. Yeah. And then the next morning, well, at about noon, the next day, uh, I got a text from Jess with literally the words like, hey, would you be willing to have a conversation about what it would look like to go at this together? And it sounds so silly maybe or wild, but I can genuinely say from that moment, you know, you have those moments in life where you're like, okay, something's happening. Something's happening. There was just the sense of like, I have no idea what she means. I have no idea how this is going to turn out, but whatever it like, I have a hundred percent confidence we're going to end up together. And that was kind of how the conversation started. Mm. I, there's so many reasons why I love this. And I mean, it's no secret that the three of us also come from a perspective of we have faith backgrounds where we're followers of Jesus. And so like, I know that there's no like accident in any of this, but I, it really is so beautiful because it is in so many ways, the most, uh, the most beautiful uh, exhibit. Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't even know of what it looks like to walk out what you actually say you believe and two to live and work counterculturally because you're never going to see Target and Walmart be like, "Hey, you know what we should do? We should we should just go at this together." Like <laughs> I think the government would maybe break up break that. I think yeah. that would be considered a true yeah. monopoly. I know. <laughs> it's true. But you know what I mean? Like it's just and I realize that's like a silly example, but it's this yeah. example of of that is so counter to what the culture tells us is um, like you, you use the, the analogy of a pie of, you know, there's not enough pie for you and um, there's not enough pie for me. And it, it just, especially women, women just have this like natural, like, well, if she's doing that, then that means I can't, which is just absurd. Um, because I feel like a lot of times men don't necessarily even have that, even though men are like very competitive, um, but they don't see it that way. And so I just thought it was such a beautiful, uh, just walking out of what you actually believe of. We actually believe that our businesses are here for a bigger purpose. And we actually believe that we are here to change the world. 
And we cannot do that if we are standing in our own lanes, like just looking at ourselves and instead, can we link arms and do it together? Um, And so I just, I love it so much. Um, And not only can we end up with the collaboration at the end, but like, I feel like Jess, even our experience of the merger itself, the negotiations, I mean, we spent a hundred hours, 150, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of hours having really hard conversations about, you know, all of the things that you have to do when you're doing a deal of this kind of caliber. Yeah. And just like the spirit of it, we were obviously both coming to the table with like, you know, and I don't think this is wrong. Like here are my non-negotiables. Here's the framework that I'm operating in, you know, and like that's a hundred percent fine. And you have to do that when you're in any level of business negotiating and dealings. I'm not saying we all sit around and say kumbaya. But even with that, the just general sense, I feel like we entered into those earliest conversations. Andy Crouch, I think it's Andy Crouch that came up with the term like the canopy of trust, who is a mm-hmm. friend and to both Jess and I. And we just, yeah, just the spirit of, I want this to work for you too. Like I'm not yeah. interested in this unless it's good for both of us just permeated like the spirit of those conversations in a way that I multiple times like found myself being like, this is why women should run the world. Mm -hmm. You can do hard things and have like hardball numbers, negotiation conversations with just like such a spirit of. It's really a spirit of care. I, you know, care, I care for you. You care for me. And I think when you keep that at the forefront, like you're not, just caring about the business. But of course, the business is actually what cares for so many women around the world. And so we also shared that care. Yeah. And I think when you share cares and you actually care for one another and you keep that at the forefront, it does enable the speed of trust to take root in ways that would normally take decades. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine how many like M&A conversations involve as much like after the conversation. I feel like there's a lot of checking in on one another. Yeah. And it's like we're on opposite sides of the table at this point. And it's like, hey, I didn't feel great about that one. And like, hey, this thing that was said or like, hey, I'm checking in on you because I kind of noticed like which I love. I just feel like you play hardball. And then at the end of the game, it's like, is everybody okay? And like, I I care for you. And that balance to me was actually super. Well, it's super powerful for me as well, because emotions you take with you everywhere. You yeah. take them into the boardroom, you take them into your CEO strategic meetings. And I do think that emotions traditionally aren't allowed at work, right? They aren't allowed at business. And that's actually, that's a dissonance because that actually is not even possible. And so when you can name that and be aware of that and be aware of, first of all, just the certain self-awareness that we have of our emotions and being able to name those things combined with okay, let's, we're looking behind each other's hoods in a business sense. You know, we're looking at finances, infrastructure, all of these things. And that's just a very potent conversation. And that is what I want to be building. I want to be building an organization where I'm not asking women to leave their emotions at the door, you know, because it's just not possible or men. We work with men. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not that many, but we do. Yeah. The other thing too, is I, 
I love the way that you each came to the table with your own, um, in so many ways, like Jess, like you were going scared and Liz, you were being plucky. And it's just like this amazing, (laughs) like walking out of who you are and the the mantras you've lived. And because I know that for both of you, this was this was coming from a place of, hey, our businesses are, this is really hard. And I mean, mm-hmm. I know I've, I've, I interview people literally every week who are in this industry. And the common theme that I have heard over and over and over again, over the last year and a half, two years since the pandemic hit is, this is really freaking hard. And mm. I don't know if I'm going to have to close up shop tomorrow. And I just two weeks ago, I had uh, one of my dearest friends, Bethany Tran from the Root Collective on the show, and they made a massive business pivot in 2022 because of the pandemic. And they were same thing, supply chain issues and uh, just instability and ability to even get product here and you know overproduction and all these kinds of things. And so they made this massive pivot to moving exclusively to a pre-order model. And she was like, we were terrified because she was like, all of a sudden I'm going, wait a second, we're going to just, you know, lose, people are going to lose the inability to get their shoes in two days, like Amazon Prime, like what are we going to do? And this has been their best year ever. And so it's that ability of taking that note down. Let's take that note down, Liz. I'm just saying like she, but she said, you know, and it was a, but it came out of a moment of pure desperation and asking the Lord, like, what do you want me to do? And, and I see that in both of you where Jess, like you were, you were in a moment of like, something has to change with, if we keep doing the same thing, what's the definition of insanity? You keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And so here you were in this season of like, something's got to, and so I got to go scared. And Liz, you're like, I think we might have to shut the fellows program down because we just can't sustain this anymore. And so like, we're going to get plucky and we're going to like, and I just, I, I, so that's, I love it so much. Like, did you guys realize that at the time or is this like a, oh yeah, that's exactly what we were doing. (laughs) No, I can say I really saw that dynamic at play. And I think for me going scared, for me, it was a little bit more of a financial fear, which I'm constantly having to surrender and walk in trust. I think I exacerbate finances. I mean, at the same time, I run a business, it's been bootstrapped for 12 years, and that's just been my reality. So we're, you know, doing a financial transaction, and without any really idea if it was going to work. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of finances to throw around at this point. So I think that was where I went scared was just trusting that really putting my trust in Liz as a leader and ultimately as someone who had built up so much trust and care and concern for her own community that, and really for the artisans that Seiko has served and the scholars that they have served And ultimately now Noonday is serving both those artisans and those scholars. And it was really trusting that Liz was going to lead her community well through this transition. Yeah. And I I have even a picture that Travis and I took a picture of the day we sent the text message. Like I have a picture of Travis and I holding it up. And we both were like, I was like, yeah. You took a photo at that lunch where you guys came up with the idea to text me. Yep. No way. I, I was actually know that. I was sitting by Travis when I wrote the text. I did not know that you guys had like a moment. I yeah. just assumed it was more like 
I that was a moment that you this was a moment and that you took a photo of it. We took a photo. I love okay. this. And, I, need and I remember Travis was like kind of sad taking the photo because, again, we didn't know where this was going to go. Um, if we were going to sell, they were going to, you know, we didn't know. And I remember I was like, no, we've got to smile like this is this is a could be a very mm. epic moment for all of us. Mm. So I just had a sense. I did. I had a sense that this was our moment. And again, it's going scared. I, you know, I remember sending that text and it was like, oh gosh, how do I even phrase this? You know? Yeah. Wow. Um, I did not know that. I did not know that. Yeah. And live on the, on the Molly Stillman show. (laughs) Behind the scenes, juicy behind the scenes. But you know, I think when you have, again, it really comes down. I know we're on the business with purpose podcast. So it's like, this is what you're about. But I really do believe these are the moments where when you're so tied, I mean, I remember just asking the Lord being like, I'm willing to do whatever Mm. I just like releasing, but saying, here are my three asks like that. We somehow like just my commitment to these scholars in Uganda, like this is just, this is the heartbeat of Seiko why we started. Like I had no business. I had no interest in fashion. I had no, like, I'm not, I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. It was like supporting and investing in a pathway towards seeing these women become who they were created to be. Right. That's it. That's like the lifeline of what we do. And so just like going to the Lord and being like, I have three asks and, you know, in hindsight, they're pretty big asks, but like my three asks were, we continue supporting the CLA scholars in Uganda I'm deeply committed to my business partner in Uganda named Agnes and deeply just committed to her as a woman, as a mother, as a business leader, as an entrepreneur and the care and concern for her. And then for our fellows of going like, man, we have people who have built their lives around this opportunity. And this is, you know, where they have found friendship and purpose and impact. And is there a path? Because there's plenty of pivots you can take, right? Like we could have turned into a D2C business and started doing, you know, poured all of the money and resources that we would put into our fellows into digital marketing and, you know, or building out a wholesale business, any like number of things, but yeah. not just like sales reps there. I'm like laying in bed at night thinking of specific people and what they've invested in their heart and their connection to our mission and just going like in, in, in telling the Lord, like, Hey, to me, I will take any path. If those three things exist, then I will follow. And just like, Mm. those are going to be my core things. And the amount of just like peace and clarity that going into something that you can have when you have those things, because then it's like, well, I can't sit here and hem and haw over whether or not this is the right decision. Right. I sat down or rather probably was on my knees with the Lord and was like, here are my three things. If you make these three things happen, I'll go. And whatever, whatever that Mm -hmm. means for me personally, I will follow the path that will enable these three things to, to happen. And yeah, that's why I feel like not to say the process wasn't hard, but that there wasn't a lot of like, you had clarity. You had so much clarity. clarity. And when you have clarity, I mean, Clarity plus confidence equals I'm going to be plucky. I mean, like, it's like, I got this. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It it just, it's such a gift. Clarity is such a gift. Actually, didn't Brene Brown say, oh, kindness. Kindness is clear. (laughs) 
Clear, or clear is kind. Yeah. I don't know. Clear is kind. Clear is kind. Like, I don't know if you, and maybe you do. Maybe there's other people that are listening to this that don't have purpose-driven businesses that are like, no, I feel just as convicted about these three business metrics and I can get that clarity. Very possible. But I kind of feel like the story that I'm telling myself is that that's one of the gifts of being on mission and having a purpose. Right. That it does help you operate out of more conviction and clarity where mm-hmm. um, it's just like, man, these are, I'm, I want to major in the majors and minor in the minor and right. here are my three majors. And so that's a, that's a great framework for decision-making and for, you know, how, how you move forward. Yeah. Which just feels like a gift. I'm going to take a quick break from my chat with Liz and Jess to thank our partner of the show. And that is Mama Suds. As you know, I love Mama Suds. We've been using their products in our house for years and years and years. I love everything from their Castile soap to their laundry soap to their toilet bombs to their all-purpose household cleaner. You name it, we've used it and I love it. I love that I'm supporting a mama-owned business, but also I love that her products are made entirely with safe, natural, clean ingredients, but also they are effective. They actually work. Sometimes you'll get a product where the ingredients are great, but it doesn't do what it says it's going to do. Not the case with Mama Suds. I want you to try them out. Go to mamasuds.com. Use the coupon code MOLLY for 15% off your order. That's mamasuds.com. Use the coupon code MOLLY for 15% off your order. Now back to my conversation with Liz and Jess. Okay, so we alluded to this at the beginning, and I said a little bit that that there was while that there was a piece of me that was like shocked when I learned the news, when I sat with the news for a minute, I actually was not shocked. And here is why. Now, I think I know I've told Liz this story. I don't know if I've told just this story of one of my early introductions to the world of fair trade. And so when I went to Kenya for the first time in the summer of 2011, I toured, um, I don't know if you've heard of Kazuri. It's this bead. Mm-hmm. Make, oh my gosh, they make the most beautiful stuff. But it was the first time I'd ever toured and been to a fair trade factory, essentially. I say factory. It's not a factory, but it's you know this kind of complex. And when I came home from that trip, I just dove headfirst into learning everything that I could about fair trade. And my I, my friend Diana, who I had gone to uh, Kenya with, she had gotten connected with um, her friend Brandy. And Brandy was one of Noonday's very first yeah. uh, ambassadors. Ambassadors, yeah. Like very, I mean, she was like real early. Um, oh, yeah. Like definitely 12, like in like, the first 12. Yeah. So she was real, real early on. So Brandy lives nearby and D- Diana was friends with Brandy. And Brandy was like, hey, I'm going to do this um, fair trade fashion party um, at Diana's house. Do you guys want to come? So I was like, all right, sure. So we go. And Diana also had a friend from college who has a nonprofit based in Uganda called the Mighty River Project. And so we had Mighty River Project. We had Noonday. And then we got connected with this thing called a Seiko party in a box. And so at this fair trade fashion party, this was in 2011, um, or maybe maybe it was early 2012, we go to Diana's house and we had this fair trade fashion party. And it was Brandy there with her noonday. And she, Brandy, was also showing and explaining the Seiko stuff. And I thought it was all the same company. Like, I did not know that it wasn't the same company. And then I realized that that then then I was like, wait a second. So this this noonday stuff is like 
made in Uganda and it's fair trade and you sell it. But then this other stuff is made in Uganda and it's fair trade, but it came in a box and we have to send cash back in an envelope. <laughs> like, I'm very confused by this. Like it was just this, wait a second, these products, they're both made in the same place and they're both fair trade. And oh, this isn't the same company. And which is just so funny to think back that I really thought Brandy was selling both Seiko and Noonday at the time. And uh, but that was my first introduction. And so then from that moment on, like I was a hardcore Seiko customer, a hardcore Noonday customer. I started sponsoring a woman through Mighty River Project. I still to this day, her name's Rita. Shout out, Rita. Um, And um, but from that very moment, I just was like, man, this Seiko, this new, like, they're just great. I just really love them both. I just think that they're, I mean, I just, I interchangeably, I treated them interchangeably in my head. Yeah. Well, then I actually I, sold Seiko at my, when I started Noonday, because yeah. Seiko was in the wholesale business yeah. at that time. Yeah. So I have like, my first photo shoot is like all the ways to tie Seiko sandals. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So wild, which is so wild. And then it just it just evolved. And then I became friends with Liz. I met you, Jess, you'd come into town like you were with Brandy. And so we'd gone out to lunch. Uh And it just it evolved. And then the fact that the three of us spoke at the same conference at the same year in Austin, like not a coincidence. And it was in that moment that when we were walking around the noonday kind of headquarters, and I saw you and Liz talking, and there was this moment and I kid you not, where I stood there, I said, they should just go into business together. <laughs> Molly was the first. I think you would have like whispered that in one of our ears. I, so maybe could have not time, had I just pulled I mean, this off in like two months and had, you know, four years. But that it's really funny great. because also at the time, like I was really intimidated in that meeting because it was like, I was just like, hi, I have a podcast about this stuff. I don't own a company. And I was just like hanging out with these two CEOs. And so I was and then eating queso and drinking margaritas. And so I just like, I was very intimidated. So who was I to say, like, I think you guys should go into business together. Hey, Um, there are no small thoughts or small people. But I kid you not, I had that exact thought. I was, I remember exactly where I was standing. You guys are talking. And I said, they should just go into business together. And then we just kind of went about our, you know, our lives and our day. And and it just kind of went from there. But it always had it in the back of my mind. And then last, I guess it was like, Liz, was it in like March or February or March? Like you and I had had, you were in Costa Rica at the time. You and I had had like an hour long conversation about all the things. And I could just see in your heart that like something needed to change, but you didn't know what. And there was just, again, in the back of my mind, I was like, they should just go into business together. <laughs> and it just, yeah. So you, you didn't say that out loud either. No, because I, I was Okay, this is a lesson in listening to your gut when you have these moments and just say the thing out loud. I know. Just say it out loud. I know. But here, I'm telling you now. But yeah, I'm I'm telling you, you. this is like honest to God. This is the I mean, is there anything else that you need to say out loud that you haven't said? Have you heard about any like a sequence of numbers that I could (laughs) buy a lotto ticket with? Four, eight, 15, 16, 23, 42. Um, those are the lost numbers. Um, anyway. Okay. All right. So I know that we are running out of time and I still have like 700 million questions I want to ask. Um, but I just, I wanted to share that with you just as an encouragement that this is in some ways it was a surprise. And then in most ways it really wasn't. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it's such a beautiful testament to like looking at 
in 10 years, like where we've come and where you guys have come and um, that this was, I think, uh, ordained from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you needed to take the paths that you took to get to where you are, because I mean, like you said at the time, so Seiko was just a whole, like they didn't have the fellows program. And so that didn't come till later. And so mm-hmm. for the community to really come together, that's, I mean, I think that's what needed to happen. Um, mm. Okay. But before, cause I have so many questions um, for people that are maybe logist, like have logistical questions. Cause I know that this has been something that early on I was confused because Seiko still exists, mm-hmm. but it also doesn't. So explain the logistics of what that what that looks like for you guys. Yeah. So the the kind of core basic um, to break it down is that Seiko Designs, like Seiko as a brand, the website, our customer base, our supply chain, all of that is still separate from Noonday. What has merged is our fields and our supply chain and our customer list. So there's kind of like, I think the reason that maybe sometimes people get confused is because it's not like wholly one or the other, right? Where Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, um, well, now that Noonday is producing with all of the artisan supply network that we built, that doesn't mean that Seiko as a brand doesn't also still have that supply chain that they built. Right. Um, and so what actually merges our, our selling community, which is our main form of making impact and driving revenue has joined with Noonday Collection under the Noonday Collection umbrella to sell Seiko products. So existing Seiko products and and work with our artisan partners in the future, but then also to sell all of the Noonday products. And Noonday has an amazing network of over 30 artisan partners in 15 different countries. Yeah. Um, And so we're combining all of that to go together in that realm. Yeah. That's so good. And I know that there's been some exciting news with Aggie, who I just love. And um, just seeing, uh, seeing the news that I read this week about Aggie. um, Do you want to share that? Who wants to take that? I will. I will. I haven't actually talked about this publicly. Um, I mean, I announced it. But yeah, so we I hired probably 11 years ago, hired an unpaid intern to do a six week, basically like procurement internship in this very plucky young woman started working her way up our company, uh, eventually ended up being the general manager of the entire company. We eventually, which was the goal all along, got all of our American leadership out and kind of handed over the reins to her to really run the day to day operations of the business. She is an incredible woman. I mean, in 12 years of working together, it's probably, I think Aggie's been my just most outside of maybe, well, no, I think Aggie has been my most consistent, faithful business partner that I've ever had Mm -hmm. Um, and has just run the day-to-day operations with so much integrity and grit and vision. And for Ben and I, when we first started out and started Seiko, um, a, a huge dream of ours was that at some point in the future, we wanted to be able to hand over the ownership and just believing, you know, a dignified fair wage job is the base of the pyramid. That's where we have to start. But in order to create true long-term equity, like these folks that we're working with and serving, uh, if there isn't a level of ownership in that, right? Like that's right. how you actually build generational wealth. And that is how Aggie communicates to 
young Ugandan women around her, right? That it's like, hey, the best case scenario isn't a great job where you're paid fairly. Like the best case scenario is you're creating Mm. and you're building and you're in charge of your own destiny. And we kind of had a loose pathway of how we thought eventually we were going to get there. But there were certain milestones that we really needed to hit first before that could ever be viable. And this merger and this process and just the way it was all structured and the way Seiko was very differently structured than Noonday in that sense of Noonday works with independent artists and partners, whereas Seiko was vertically integrated and we owned that manufacturing. So kind of divesting those, um, I just never in a million years thought that that would come in 2022. Uh, that was not on the roadmap for, for how fast that would happen. But one of the incredible bright spots of this entire partnership has been officially, officially getting to welcome in Aggie as the majority owner of Seiko Uganda, which it's like handing over your baby, Mm -hmm. you know, like there is, this is, there's nothing in my life that I have spent so much time and energy investing into and caring for maybe outside of my physical kids. But even that Seiko is a lot older than my kids are. And so it's super scary to yeah. say, it's not mine anymore. I don't get to make the decisions. I'm trusting you. Um, but to hand over something that you love so much to somebody that you love so much um, and just like really deeply believing that like, this is Aggie's. Like as a Ugandan woman, the impact that she can make running a best in class Ugandan manufacturing company and the message that that sends to girls around her and the impact that that's going to have on her family, like is infinitely greater. Um, and so it's just been a really, really, really sweet and just getting to enter into a new season with Aggie. Like, I mean, we're talking every day and we're not talking anymore. I'm not her boss anymore. You know, and now it's like we're two female entrepreneurs who are ideating and who are asking for feedback and who are cheering one another on and to see our relationship kind of enter into this new season of there no longer kind of being that dynamic has just been really sweet. You make me cry over here. (laughs) I did not know that I was going to cry today. And through this process, you know, Noonday, our first artist and partner is from Uganda and we help them scale their business, help finance their business, but they've always been the bottom line owners of it. And Aggie and Jalia have become friends in yeah. this process. And they live like and super now, close together, right? They live close and they now can lean into one another as Ugandan businesswomen who have been running very large export businesses for this last decade. Yeah, And so that's just a whole nother. It's like, you just don't know what God is doing. Mm-hmm. You really don't. I mean, you, you just see in part, you truly just see in part. And someday we're going to get to see the full picture. But when God gives you glimpses of that picture, like Jolly and Aggie coming together, it's beautiful. And you realize you're a part of a beautiful story. It's so amazing. And I am just so thankful for the both of you being so obedient and humble through this process and seeing the bigger picture and the bigger vision beyond uh, you know, what is right in front of you and beyond what culture even tells you to focus on um, is really inspiring. And I think you are setting a precedent that 
others are going to follow. Um, and it's really going to have a ripple effect that I think um, we won't even necessarily see all of the positive effects and changes um, even in our lifetime. So um, oh, I know we fine. have like run out of time, but I want to just ask my last question. This is the question I ask all my guests. And I would really love for the both of you to share is in this next season, what does it look like for you both together to run this business with purpose? I think for you know, that is something that has merged in our journey is our purpose. While we both have such a passion to create economic opportunity for vulnerable communities around the world, I've also always had a passion for female education. And in fact, in my early 20s, I worked with Food for the Hungry International as a teacher in rural Guatemala. And for us to now get to adopt and integrate that into our mission that every girl deserves to learn and lead, leaning into that and exploring what it looks like to start a global scholar program is a way to really lean into now our shared purpose together. Hmm. I don't know. How do I add to that? I love it. <laughs> I think just continuing, I think one of our one of the things, yeah, that I just keep telling myself is like, we're going to major in the majors and the major is using business to create community and opportunity for women globally. And within that framework, just continuing to stay curious and gritty and open, but also really focused at the task at hand as we really navigate um, some really interesting market dynamics and future projections and all of these things. But, you know, literally Jess and I were on a call yesterday. And I think one of the most powerful things is that we get to say to each other now is like, hey, you're not going at this alone. Like, mm -hmm. you're not alone. And out of Jess and I being able to say to one another, you're not alone. I hope that that is the spirit and the aroma that we get to go on to create for others that Jess and I won't get to specifically be in relationship with. But if we can cast a vision for this is what it looks like to go together and to choose curiosity and to choose collaboration and to lean into community and connection, um, then that feels like a, a, a pretty good life. I am so grateful to the both of you. Thank you for being here and thank you for all that you do. I just love you. And uh, I am naming it and claiming it that we're going to be together for queso and margaritas very soon. Do it. We have one waiting for you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are new here, welcome, 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 welcome. Having you listen to this show is such a gift and I am so grateful to you. If you're one of my regular listeners of the show, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to whatever podcast app you're listening on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, Overcast, you know, there's a million of them. Would you click that subscribe or follow buttons to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the show? And would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is edited by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media, and I'm so grateful for them. Now for you, be sure to go do something good with purpose on purpose. <laughs>